Blog Talk Radio. Okay, praise God, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Evangelist Janice Taylor is going to have the mic. She's going to tell you how to contact her. This is not about live deliverance. This is about Evangelist Janice Taylor. She has the mic for one hour and 59 minutes. Shalom. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor. I want to blow the shofar tonight. I like to open up blowing the trumpet and saying, sounding the alarm. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. We're located at P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105. You can reach us on the web at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceMIN.com or you can contact us through email, J-E-T, 245 at msn.com. Glory be to God. Or if you want to zell us, you can send us a donation at 336-830-0601 or use the email address to zell or PayPal. We're going to get started tonight. We got a word from God and we are live. We are going live tonight. So I just want you to tune in, get your ears ready and get ready to receive what God has for you tonight. Hallelujah. You know, there's been a whole lot of uh, things going on in the body of Christ, and much of it, God don't approve of it. So tonight I want to talk to the church from the topic, it's separation time. It's time to come out from among them. There can be no more mixture. The church has been mixing it up. They've been having a little bit of church, and a little bit of the club, and a little bit of this, and a little dab of do ya, and then they have a, 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 a dances in the church, and Super Bowl parties in the church, and all sorts of things have been going on in the house of God. The spirit of entertainment is in the church, and God is not in it. The hour has come, and now is for the true worshipers to arise. It's time for the church to arise and shine and give God the glory. Let our light shine so that men may see our good work and God may be glorified. Come and let's go to the word of God tonight found in the book of 2 Corinthians. We're going to go there first and then we'll go over to Psalm 119. And um, you need a pen and pencil tonight, a pen and paper tonight because I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight. I have studied extensively. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight to back up what I am saying because the word of God is just what it is. It is the word of God. It will stand the test of time. The Bible says heaven and earth shall fade away, but my word shall remain. In other words, you can you can change it, whatever you want to change, but this word ain't going nowhere. Glory be to God. So let's go now to the word of God in Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. And it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a friend a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, 
saith the Lord Almighty. So at the beginning of this chapter, Paul was teaching uh, uh, about separation. He was pleading with the church to separate themselves from unbelievers. Now, you got a lot of people that says, oh, that's division. That's not division. When God say come out from among them, that's what we have to do. You see, when God um, uh, uh, chose Israel, he said to them, be ye holy, for I am holy. That's First Peter 1 and 16. And it is because God had handpicked Israel to be his people out of all nations. They were the smallest. The Bible said they were the least and the fewest. But God still chose them. He separated them unto himself. He cut them out from among other nations, and they were set apart for God's glory. Well, we're in the New Testament. The New Testament church has to follow the pattern of the Old Testament church. When you become a Christian, you have to be set apart for God's glory. In other words, he saved you out of the world. He brought you out of darkness. He brought you out of Egypt so that you could be his. Glory be to God. And his glory could be seen on you. In other words, he cut you out from among all the other people of the world. You see, Israel was commanded in Deuteronomy chapter 7 to separate themselves from the heathen nations that were around them. And God warned them that if they did not separate themselves, he said, don't let your sons marry their daughters and don't let your daughters marry their sons. He said, because if you do, they will turn your heart from following God and they will serve other gods. And then he said, and the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you. So we can't mix this. We cannot mix it at all. We have to either follow God, serve him in the beauty of holiness and righteousness, or serve the devil. And Joshua Joshua told the children of Israel, he took them down memory lane. He told them all that God had done for them. He reminded them of God's goodness and God's faithfulness and how consistent God had been with them and how merciful God had been with them. And at the end of his speech, he said to them, choose you this day whom you will serve. You either going to serve the God that's what, that, that is the true and living God, or you're going to serve these false gods. But you can't serve both. Jesus said, I would that you would be hot or cold. He said, but if you be lukewarm, that's mixture, he said, fill you out of my mouth. Glory be to God. Now, what God is dealing with here through the Apostle Paul was believers marrying and, and being unequally yoked because that's what a yoke is, is to be joined together. Paul was dealing with that. He was saying, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. But that's not just limited to marriage. That's for business as well. And I know we live in the world, but we are not of the world. So from time to time, you might go in a business that the owner of that business is unsafe. He's not saying don't do business 
with an unsaved person, or, 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 or otherwise we, most people wouldn't have nowhere to work. What he is saying is, is don't be a business partner with an unbeliever. Don't join yourself to an unbeliever. Don't be yoked up with an unbeliever. He says, because what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion have light with darkness? What concord have Christ with Belial or what part have he that believeth with an infidel? Then he went on to say, what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? He said, for ye are, we are the temple of the living God. And if we would present our bodies to the Lord as a living sacrifice, he will receive us. He will bless us, and God will use us. But if you try to mix it, you want to be saved one day, or, or, or what I call a little bit saved. You know, they had a song uh, 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 said, all I want is a little more Jesus. I could not sing that song because I don't want a little more Jesus. I want all of Jesus, all of Jesus that I can get, glory be to God. So I didn't sing that. You know, I had a catchy beat, and the children were dancing off of it, but I could not sing that song nor dance to it because I want all that God has for me. Hallelujah. He gave his only begotten son so that I could live. All right. And so that you could live. So let's talk about this. Uh, uh, It's separation time, and God is calling the church out. You know, I like to uh, watch westerns, and I love it when uh, one of those cowboys will call one out in the street. And uh, what God is saying is uh, enough of this. He's saying there's been enough of this mixture, trying to mix holiness uh, with unholiness, trying to mix Christianity uh, with Islam. You got one uh, pastor, a famous pastor, everybody know him, trying to mix Christianity with uh, Islam. They call it Krishlam. Uh Rick Warren, he uh, uh, came out with this book. And um, so that's what he was doing. He was trying to mix Christianity with Islam. But I'm going to tell you something about that. First and foremost is that oil and water cannot mix. Glory be to God. You can put the two in a container and shake it up, and it looks like it is mixing. But I'm telling you, when the dust settles, the oil is always going to be on the top, and the water is always going to be on the bottom, trying to mix the God of the Bible with Allah. Let me tell you something. Allah is not the God of the Bible. So when you see these celebrities uh, who've been smoking weed and, and, and uh, drinking their drinks and doing what they do, and then they get on stage and the first thing that come out their mouth is they want to thank God for this ungodly music that they have produced, and they want to thank God for getting an award for it. They are not talking about the God of the Bible. So I just want to clear that up to you. So before you clap, thinking, oh, he's talking about God, he's talking about God. Uh, He's not talking about the God of the Bible. They're talking about their God, Allah, and he is no God at all. 
God said, no more mixture, trying to mix purity with impurity. You see, you cannot mix what is holy with what is profane. Glory be to God. You know, the, the bloodline that Jesus had to come down through 40 and two generations, it had to be a pure bloodline in order for Christ to come through it. Glory be to God. So we can't mix. There can be no more mixture trying to mix the clean with the unclean. In other words, are you washed in the blood of the lamb or not? Glory be to God. Trying to mix sanctification with worldliness. You know, so many churches are trying to mix it. They say, well, this is what we got to do to bring the young people in. But the devil is a liar because the same word of God and the same Holy Ghost that brought me and you in is the same word of God and the same Holy Spirit that it's going to take to draw them. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, no man can come except the spirit draw him. So trying to use gimmicks, trying to uh, 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 use this secular music to bring them in, that's not going to bring them to Christ. Yeah, it'll get them in your church for a minute, but they're not going to stay because it has no keeping power. You need the power of the Holy Ghost, glory be to God, to draw them. And if the Spirit don't draw them, I don't understand why these churches are using gimmicks, trying to use uh, back-to-school giveaways and trying to give away Christmas boxes and, and Thanksgiving boxes and trying to have Super Bowl parties and, 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 and calling it, calling it, of Christian service. Let me tell you something. I didn't watch it, but I was told about this Super Bowl that just went past. I heard that the halftime show was the most demonic halftime show that there has ever been. I saw some of the reviews, how parents were outraged at how demonic it was. And so they're trying to bring this stuff into the church, talking about doing uh, 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 during halftime, we're going to win souls to Jesus. First of all, Jesus was uh, 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 drawing people before there ever was a Super Bowl. So you don't need to use gimmicks. You don't need to use nothing that's not in the Bible. He said in his word, hallelujah, Except a man be born again, he cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So you got to be washed in the blood, born of the water, and born of the spirit in order to be born again. It, there's no room for gimmicks. No room for gimmicks. Glory be to God. Trying to mix all religions, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, as Christians. Let me tell you something. Glory be to God. If you are a witness, a true witness, for Jehovah, you will be following the Bible. Glory be to God. You will not be trying to mix it, trying to uh, uh, use gimmicks and all this trickery, trying to have movie night and bingo night and, and, and uh, bowling night and all of these things in these youth programs. Let me tell you something. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. People are plunging into hell even as I am speaking right now, bringing in comedians in the house of God. There is nothing funny about hell. And when your son and when your daughter is laying in front of the church in a box and they were unsaved, 
Ain't nobody laughing then. There's nothing uh, comical about that. So we need to get serious about salvation. We need to preach the gospel in season and out of season and let the chips fall where they may. God, he will do his own work, and he don't need no help. He don't need no gimmicks. He never used gimmicks. If Jesus didn't use gimmicks to draw people, then we don't need to use gimmicks. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm telling you something about using gimmicks. What happens is they have used gimmicks so much to try to catch a fish that the fish are coming to eat the bait off of the hook, and they swimming away. They come every year to get that Christmas box, but they don't intend on joining your church. They don't intend of giving their life to Christ. All they came for was that Christmas box. They come every year to get the back-to-school supplies, and they get the back-to-school supplies, and then they swim away. They come to get that Thanksgiving box, and they get the Thanksgiving box, and they swim away. You see, you're using false bait. You're using false bait. They'll come to a concert, uh, what you call a gospel concert. They'll come to hear the music and get their beat on, but guess what? After that concert is over, you won't see them no more. And that's because you're trying to use false bait. In other words, except the Spirit of the Lord draw them, they, they cannot be drawn. So we have to stop this uh, trying to mix it with the world, thinking that's going to draw them, trying to bring these rappers in the house of God. What can a rapper tell me about Jesus Christ? And accept that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's not even their Lord because that's not who they're rapping about. They're rapping about sin. They're rapping about that gangster lifestyle. They're rapping about all this ungodly stuff, how they shot their mother and how they killed this one and killed that. And you want to bring them in the house of God and let and deceive yourself into thinking this is what we got to do to win the young people. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. If you are a pastor tonight and you have brought that foolishness into your church, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. If you don't have enough anointing, my God, to win a soul to the church, then you need to get out of the pulpit because rapping, singing, dancing, and none of that is going to win them to Christ. They will have to be drawn by the Spirit of the Lord. All right, come and go with me now to Psalm 119. I want to read that for you. Glory be to God. Psalm 119, and this is what it says. We're going to read the first three verses. This is what it says. It says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimony and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You see, we have to walk worthy of the calling, the vocation, wherewith we have been called. In other words, you cannot do this thing your way. I think there was one fella, he made a song. He said, I did it my way. I wonder how that, I, I wonder uh, where he ended up. If he wasn't born again, I can tell you where he ended up. And uh, I, I wonder how he feel about 
uh, doing things his way now. In other words, how did that work for him? You see, that's deception. You can't do this thing your way. You have to do it God's way. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. In other words, you can't get to God except you go through Jesus. So you got all these fake people running around here talking about they serving God. They are not serving God because they don't even embrace his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, shed his blood for your sins and for my sins, and was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. They reject Jesus, so they cannot be born again. They cannot be talking about the God of the Bible who gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. So God is saying, Paul is saying to us tonight, come out from among them. Come out from among them. It's separation time. Now, we're going to look at the book of Ezra. Go with me to Ezra. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Ezra chapter 10. You see, Ezra, he had a a very particular assignment. Ezra had to cleanse the priesthood. Uh, because they had married strange wives and had children by them. And so when Ezra, he and Nehemiah, they were contemporaries. Nehemiah's assignment was to rebuild the wall and uh, the temple, glory be to God, and Ezra's job was to clean out the house of God. So I want to talk about Ezra in this message tonight because that is what the Lord is going to do if you don't, if these preachers and these pastors don't cleanse the temple, God will cleanse it himself. So Ezra, he had to cleanse the the priesthood, and um, God said no mixture. So Nehemiah, Nehemiah cleansed the temple also. He threw out Sanballat and Tobiah. When Nehemiah went back, um, to uh, Ahasuerus, when he went back to Xerxes and he came back to Jerusalem, he found that they had a room they had given to uh, Tobiah. And um, Tobiah, he was one of the, the enemies of God. When they were rebuilding the wall, Tobiah and Sanballat, they conspired to try to kill Nehemiah. They told him, come down and meet us in the temple. Uh, we want to talk to you. Nehemiah, he, he, he discerned that they were lying. He, he said, I can't come down. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. So Nehemiah threw these men out when he found out that they had been given a room in the temple. Now, I want to ask the question tonight, what is the devil doing with a room in God's house. How did the devil get his own room in God's house? I, I, I can answer that for you in a few minutes. But Nehemiah, he had to throw him out. You see, flesh loves flesh. And so, uh, uh, but the spirit uh, will do the things of the spirit. 
So when um, they gave Tobias a room in the temple, it was because they had forgotten, good God Almighty, they had forgotten how he came against them. They had forgotten that he was the enemy. In other words, the Israelites began to sleep with the enemy. They gave this man a room in the temple of God. And when Nehemiah saw it, he had a righteous indignation, and he threw him out with all his stuff, and then he had the priest to cleanse that room. You see, because the devil has no place in the house of God. He has no business setting up shop in God's house. But I tell you something. If you go in many of these churches today, you will see that the devil has not only a room in God's house he and has set up shop in God's house. Often, he's on the program. He's on the program in God's house. He, they are letting the devil do what he wants to do in the house of God. Glory be to God. So Paul admonished the church in 2 Corinthians, and he said, come out from among them and be ye separate. You see, Paul was telling the body of Christ there can be no more mixture. No longer can the church mix the holy with the profane. No longer can we mix light and darkness because it has no fellowship. Believers cannot be yoked together with unbelievers. Why? Because God has put a distinction between the Egyptians and the children of Israel that were living in Goshen. The church is God's holy possession, which Jesus Christ paid for. He purchased it with his own blood. Therefore, there can be no more mixture but separation. It's separation time. No matter what the world is doing, the real people of God have to be set apart for God's glory, God's use, and for God's purpose. So I want to pose a question right here. I want to ask the church, where is the church that Christ died for? Because Jesus died for a holy and sanctified church. Glory be to God. We are to walk circumspectly before God in the fear of God, the reverential fear of God, being holy and being sanctified. You see, uh, when the reverential fear of God is present, the people of God will tremble at his presence. Glory be to God. And they will automatically separate themselves uh, from the world, even your kinfolk. You know what? A lot of us have some unsaved kinfolk, and we know they're unsaved, and um, we want to see them saved. But glory be to God. Let me tell you something. Light don't fellowship with darkness. So, you know, you always trying to go over their house. You always trying to hang with them. You always trying to see what they're doing, and they always trying to see what you're doing. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, they don't invite me to the family cookouts and, and things of that nature because they know my standards. They know I'm not going to participate in certain things. And when they see you, participating in the same things that they are participating in, you have lost your witness. Glory be to God. In Acts, Acts chapter um, Acts chapter 1, glory be to God, and verse number 7, this is what it says. 
it says, um, verse number eight, I'm sorry. It says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. See, that's the problem right there. So many people uh, in the church are not spirit-filled. He said, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. So you can't, you cannot be a witness unto the Lord if you're still doing what the world is doing. And just because they're your cousin, auntie, and your uncle, you either going to separate yourself from them or you not. But I'm going to tell you something. Just like the Bible says, you either going to be hot or cold. And he said, if you hot, he can deal with that. And if you cold, God can appreciate even that. But if you lukewarm, he said, I will spew you out of my mouth. Glory be to God. And that's what we do. If you think about it in the natural, if you drink some water that's lukewarm, the first thing you're going to do is spit it out. That's the first thing you're going to do. Why? Because it's, it's, not, it's not pleasing. It, it, it's not a pleasant taste. Glory be to God. So God is saying the same thing. We must separate ourselves from the world, even kinfolk. He said, you know, we have big buildings, but no Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we, we have all these rituals and, and the traditions of men, but they are the doctrines of devils. Hallelujah. We have the synagogues of Satan. Many of these churches today, if you look at some of the stuff that they're doing, somebody sent me a video the other night, and I, I couldn't even hardly watch it. Uh, it is a church right here in North Carolina, and uh, they were clubbing. That was the bottom line. They had on the club clothes. They were dancing uh, to the club music. I mean, they were, it just reminded me of my days in the club. And so the pastor, which was a woman, she said she wasn't going to apologize for that because that's just who they are. That's what they do. And I said, Lord, she is not only have been deceived, but she's leading people into deception. Glory be to God. And her husband, he was right there with her. And, you know, they were just, if you could have seen the video, it was it was just unthinkable. Now, I remember when I was unsaved. I remember how I carried on in the club. I remember how I partied hardy. How you know, I was pretty much the life of the party. And do you think for one moment that I could think in my saved mind that I could carry on in the house of God the same way that I did in the club? I can listen to that same music. I can dance to them same stuff. Oh, I'm telling you, they were bumping and grinding. They were just doing whatever the devil uh, wanted them to do. And this was in a church. They called themselves a church. And the pastor said she was not going to apologize for it. In other words, she was saying the rest of the body of Christ was crazy and, and not her. And uh, I, 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 I said, Lord, have mercy. But, you know, I, I thank God for the person that sent that to me because if you don't see these things, you won't know these things are going on. And uh, people are being led astray. People are being deceived. And the Bible says in Matthew 24 and 24, it says, take heed that no man deceive you. So we got to be um, prayed up and fasted up and, and, and be on guard against these things. Uh, there are some people 
that they're in the business of deception. That means they're in uh, uh, Satan. They work for Satan. And what's happening is is that they are like the Pied Piper. They are luring people away from holiness and away from God. Y'all know the story about the Pied Piper, how, you know, he was hired to uh, uh, play music to get rid of the rats in the city, and um, the townspeople had told him they were going to give him a certain amount of money, and then he played and lured all the rats out of town, And um, but he left the big rats in town, and that's, a, that's, that's another story. The crooks, he left them in town. And so when it was time for them to pay him, uh, they reneged and said that they weren't going to pay him nothing, and then they said he was the one that probably brought the rats to the town anyway. So he, he left town, but he told them he was going to get revenge. But let me tell you something. Here's the moral of the story. He came back on a Sunday when he knew the people were in church, played the music, and lured all the children away. And uh, nobody ever saw those children again. And, um, you know, the story goes that there were three children left alive who could tell what had happened. Uh, one didn't go because he was blind and couldn't see. Another one didn't go because he was deaf and he couldn't hear the music. Another one didn't go because he was lame and could not walk. So those three children were saved alive because they um, did not follow the Pied Piper. And they were able to tell what he had done. The Pied Piper came in and piped music. Now, this is very important, what I'm about to say. Beautiful music and lured the children away. Now, that's, that's happening today. That's happening today. Uh, the enemy is piping music into the children today and luring them away. You see, before, when I was a child, uh, if you listen to the radio, Everybody in the house could hear what you were listening to. If you watched uh, some type of program on TV, Soul Train or American Bandstand, everybody in the house uh, could see or hear what you were listening to. So it was no way that the devil could uh, pipe something, you know, uh, that was really detrimental. Yeah, it was un- we were unsaved at the time, but it wasn't kill your mama and shoot the cat, and all of this crazy stuff. It, it, it wasn't that type of music. Well, that's what they're listening to today. And after these children get through listening to this message, to this music, this mess, that's really what it is, after they get through listening to this, and, and they done smoked all these blunts and, and all these things, do you know these children can turn around and kill their very own mother and grandmother? because the enemy has piped this stuff straight into their ears. And I'm going to tell you something. Music is so powerful. It is the only medium that exists today that can infiltrate your spirit without your permission. So, uh, parents, I'm telling you, you're letting your kids uh, listen to this music on these cell phones, and watch these videos on these cell phones, you have no idea what they're listening to. Most of the time they put headphones on, and you have no idea. So when the devil gets in their head and says, get up and get a gun, 
shoot everybody in the house, it's because of the music that child is listening to. That stuff is extremely dangerous. And the sad part about it is you parents are paying the bill. You're paying the cell phone bill. And the enemy is piping that music into your children's head. And it's extremely dangerous. So I wanted to just throw that in so that you would know how, how uh, uh, um, powerful music is and how the enemy is using it to lure the children away from God. They're listening to this ungodly stuff. Uh, I have not listened to this, but I heard, uh, I read an article, really, about a song that Beyonce has on her uh, Lemonade CD that said she took the pages of the holy book and plugged her menses. Now, that is so ungodly. In other words, this girl is saying she used the Bible, pages from the Bible, while she was on her menstrual cycle. She used it as a tampon. That is blasphemous. And now she's getting ready to go on the road with this uh, tour. And Christians, Christians are buying tickets. They want to go and see Beyonce. And I'm telling you, this stuff is demonic and it's dangerous. And I want to warn you, I want to warn you, those who are under the sound of my voice, you had better take heed and come out from among them and be ye separate. God is calling for the church to be holy, and God is calling for separation. He said, come out from among them and touch not the unclean things. Glory be to God. We cannot... Uh, participate in the traditions of men and the doctrines of devils. You see, the church that Christ died for is the holy bride of Jesus Christ. And her, 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 the Bible says she, her, she, her garment is going to be spotless because it's been washed in the blood of the Lamb. But right now, I'm telling you, there are stains on her garment. It's stained with sin, fornication, idolatry, blasphemy, lust, and pride, and entertainment, and homosexuality, and perversion, and wickedness, and vileness. And God, he's not pleased. He's not pleased. He's not pleased. Jesus shed his blood so that you and I could live a holy life, a holy, sanctified life. So we are without excuse. The body of Christ, believers, are without excuse. And you might say, well, my children, uh, they don't know anything about all of that. But guess what? The Bible says train up a child in the way you want him to go, and when he is old, he will not depart. You are responsible for what your children know and do. Training begins at home. Glory be to God. So go with me now to Romans chapter 5, and uh, let's look at verses 5 through 8. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that somebody's being blessed tonight. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, verses 5 through 8. If the Holy Spirit leads you to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so through PayPal, or you can um, email us at uh, J-E-T or Zell, Zell, 
jet245 at msn.com. I'm telling you now, wherever you're sowing, you need to sow in good ground. Glory be to God. And I can assure you, this is good ground. So let's look at Romans chapter 5, verses 5 through 8. And the scripture says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So this is the church that Christ died for. He died for a holy, sanctified, pure church. He died so that we could live. Glory be to God. And it's time for the church to be the church. It's time to come out from among them. Separate yourself from everything that is not like God. Look at Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter uh, yeah, chapter 13 and start at verse 25. And let's see what happens when there is mixture. This is what the scripture says. It says, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares also. So the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? Where did these tares come from? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay. In other words, no. Lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. He said, Let them both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares. Bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my bones. Now, the Bible tells us while men slept, an enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. The church is sleeping. We've been sleeping. There's a spiritual slumber in the house of God right now. And what God is saying, while the church is sleeping, the enemy came in and sold tares. And the tares and the wheat look so much alike that it's hard to tell who's who. They can preach like the wheat. They can shout like the wheat. They can run around the pulpit like the wheat. They dress like the wheat. They are educated like the wheat. They are intelligent. Some of them even speak in a tongue. I didn't say the Holy Ghost. I say they speak in a tongue. 
but it's not the tongues from uh, the Bible. It's not the Holy Ghost. And they carry on. They appear just like the wheat. And so the, the, uh, the servant says, well, Lord, let's go. I'll go and, uh, and, and root it out. And he said, no, don't do that. He said, let them both grow together. He said, let them grow together until the harvest. He said, because you might mistake the wheat for tares or the tares for wheat. You, you, you might get the wrong thing. He said, but I'm God, and I know exactly who is mine. I know who belongs to me. You see, the tares are going to say in the last day, Lord, we did this in your name. We fed the hungry. We, 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 we gave them clothes. We visited them in the hospital. We did all of this. We, we did signs, wonders, and miracles. We did all of this in your name. And he said, I will say to them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So in other words, they in the house of God. They look so much like the wheat that with the natural eye, you can't tell the difference. You can only discern what is tares and what is wheat. And if you feel with the Holy Ghost, God will show it to you. He, he will expose them. But he said, don't you go in and try to pull them up. So what is God saying? He's saying, until the time of harvest, let them grow together. He's given them grace. My God. God has given them grace. He's given the tares grace. He's given them time to become weak. Glory be to God. Because sometimes you can play at something so long until finally it hits you. I heard Shirley Caesar tell the story of how she would play church after church, and they were mocking the saints and mocking them in the backyard, and they were preaching and shouting and carrying on and say, one day uh, Shirley got to shouting in the backyard. Pastor Shirley Caesar, she got to shouting in the backyard, and her sister got a little bit scared and ran and told her grandmama, Say, Shirley, Shirley out there playing with God. And Grandma looked out the back door and saw tears streaming down her face, saw her running and shouting and hollering, and Grandma said she ain't playing this time. So in other words, we're not going to pull up the wheat with the tares or the tares with the wheat. We're going to let them grow together because God is giving them grace. He's giving them grace. Glory be to God. He's giving them time. Glory be to God. And guess what? He said, at the time of harvest, I will do the separating. He's going to separate the wheat from the tares. He said, get the tares first. He's going to pull them out and bind them and burn them. And then he will gather the wheat into his bonds. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is The message is, you either separate yourself now and come out from among them, or Jesus is going to do the separating at the time of harvest. And when he does the separating at the time of harvest, it's going to be too late. For those that are playing church, for those that are trying to look saved, for those that are living a double life, God has given you grace. 
He's given you grace, but I'm going to say it again. It's separation time, and it's time for no more mixtures. It's time to come out from among them. Stop playing with the Lord because he is nothing to play with. Amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to move on. I told you I was going to give you a lot of scripture tonight. You see, if we examine many churches today, we have the biggest and the most beautiful buildings. I mean, there are some very expensive people that paid up in the millions uh, for these uh, buildings, these church edifices. And, um, you know, they have everything. They've got the lights, the cameras, the stage, the offices. They've got gardens. They've got waterfalls, baptismal pools. They've got music. They've got the musicians. They've got a full orchestra. They've got flat-screen TVs. They've got security guards with security systems, and it appears that they have everything. They look like they got it going on. Some of them even say they have 10,000 members on the road. I often say, but how many of them in there saved? And so it looks like they have everything. uh, They got it going on in there. And they have everything but the Holy Spirit. They're not saved. And where there is no presence of God, There is no presence, and there is no power. And so you have all of this in many of these churches. They have eloquent speakers. They have Dr. So-and-so and and his lovely wife, who is also Dr. So-and-so, and and they've got a medical staff, and they've got this, that, and the other, but they don't have the Holy Ghost. And they are trying to have church without the Holy Ghost. How can you have a, 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 a church without the Holy Spirit? And this is what they're doing. These churches have no life in them. People come into church jacked up, and they leave in jacked up. People come into church with their problems, and they're going back home with them. People that come into church full of sickness and disease, and they're going back home. Some even die in these churches. Nobody in there is casting out demons. The people are sin sick. They are living in sin. People shacking up, singing on the choir, uh, living with their boyfriend, living with their girlfriend on the usher board. People, lesbianism, homosexuality in the pulpit, all of this ungodliness. And they say, we haven't church. You see, they, they got this thing called churchianity. They love to have church but they don't want the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't want the power of the Holy Spirit because he'll mess up their program. They, he, he, he will mess up their sin life. Glory be to God. And they want a hireling who will preach what they say preach on. Don't preach on this. Don't preach on adultery because I'm shacking up with somebody else's husband right now. So don't preach on that, Rib. And Rib said, don't worry. I ain't going to mess with it. I ain't going to mess with it. You all right. And Rev patting them on the back and uh, and, and collecting the offering, and they are they they on their way to hell. Rev and the individuals on their way to hell. He's got blood on his hands. Rev won't preach the truth. He won't tell them about the fire and the brimstone. He won't tell them that it's holiness or hell. 
He won't tell them, come out from among them and be ye separated. No, he won't tell them that. You know, he tell them, oh, you all right. God understands. And I'm going to say something about that. God does understand. But that's why he sent his son, Jesus. He understood that man could not do this on his own. So he sent Jesus. And then he sent the Holy Spirit. to help us. He sent the Holy Spirit to help us so that we could live this Christian life. And we have the word, prayer. We have fasting. We have the weapons of warfare to fight the devil with. But the people of God are not being taught. They are not hearing these messages. They are not being taught the truth. They're hearing, it's your breakthrough. They're hearing money coming. They're hearing, oh, it's your season. The Lord got a blessing for you. Come down here and bring your offering. Shake the preacher's hand. Let me tell you something. Nowhere in Scripture will you find where the Lord said that you had to shake the preacher's hand to be born again. He said, you must be born again. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, can I enter uh, into my mother's womb again? He said, no, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. You must receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You must repent of your sins. Do you know that there are countless churches today uh, bringing people to the altar and, and leading them in the sinner's prayer, and they are not leading them in repentance. They are not repenting of their sins. You can't be saved unless you repent of your sins. So many lies being told. Oh, you don't have to do that anymore. Where, where, where will you find that in the scripture? Peter preached the first message. He said, repent. And the Lord will send refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Repentance, glory be to God. If you're in a church where they don't preach salvation with repentance, you need to run for your life. You need to run for your life. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So they have no power, and this is what they say. They say times have changed. And and, 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 and and we got to get with the modern times. But Jesus said, I am the same yesterday and forevermore. You see, our churches today have no power. So the people, they, they that's why they have so much entertainment. That's why the spirit of entertainment. They're no true worshipers. They're entertaining themselves. That's that flesh. That flesh. That flesh want to jump. That flesh want to shout. That flesh want to shake. We're not set apart. The church that Christ died for is a set-apart church. And it was also anointed. Let's look at Hebrew 10 and, I mean, Isaiah 10 and 27. Glory be to God. Isaiah 10 and 27, and this is what it says. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. 
and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You see, without the anointing, you can have all this stuff. It looks good on TV. It looks good on Facebook. It looks good on the camera. But there is no power. 1019 says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. We have been given authority and power to do the works of God, but we are not doing them because people are not spirit-filled. Glory be to God. If you want to walk in power, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. Preachers are preaching, and they don't have no anointing. No anointing. Glory be to God. Sound like a monologue. Sound like something from Shakespeare. No, how did thy thorns and all of this foolishness. Just preach the gospel. Preach salvation in Jesus' name. Tell them that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. No man can come to the Father but by him. Cause people to know who Jesus is. Introduce them to Jesus. Glory be to God. And the Holy Spirit will do the work. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We got to be like Peter. He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. Glory be to God. You see, Peter knew there was no power in silver or gold. Yeah, the man was begging for some money. He was at the temple begging for money. And if they had money, you know, money would have only helped him for that moment. It would have bought him something to eat for that moment. But it's better to teach a man to fish than to give a man a fish. So what Peter gave him was better than money. He said, I don't have no money. He said, but what I have, I'm going to give it unto you. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man got up walking and leaping and dancing and followed Peter and John into the temple. Glory be to God. Jesus came to set the captives free. Hallelujah. That's, that's why he came. Glory be to God. And he said, the works that I do, you shall do also. Greater work. Glory be to God. But are we seeing the works being done in our churches today? Jesus opened blinded eyes. He made the lame to walk and the dumb to talk. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. Glory be to God. And the Bible says he healed them all. Glory be to God. He healed the lepers. Glory be to God. And he told his disciples to do the same. Thank you, Jesus. We are the disciples of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be doing the same thing that Jesus did, especially if you have his spirit in you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We got to put away these strange gods. We got to put them away. Put away the idols. That's the problem. We have idols. We've made idols out of people. People worshiping pastors now. Buying the pastor's cars. Buying the pastor's gifts. And the, the scriptures tell us that gifts pervert judgment. When you find people that's always trying to uh, give their pastor a gift, they want something. 
They're not giving you that stuff for free. They want something. And, and most of the time is they want a position in the church, and they don't want you to preach on their seniors. They don't want you to discipline and correct them. And the Bible says the father chases whom he loves. They want you to overlook something. They're always trying to give you a gift, always trying to buy you something, always. I know, I, I know one lady, uh, uh, they, they always uh, getting her hair done and getting her nails done. Uh, she's the pastor's wife. And, and I told her one time, you, you got to be careful with that. First of all, you won't be able to correct them because you will fear uh, those gifts will be cut off. And they're not going to receive from you because they know. In other words, you have gotten down on their level. They really have power over you now because they always giving you a gift, buying you something, getting your hair done. Get your own hair done. Get your own nails done. Don't allow gifts to cause you not to be able to correct your members. Because the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel that if we don't tell them the truth, if we don't tell them what God is saying, their blood will be on your hand. Glory be to God. You got to call an ace an ace and a spade a spade. I don't care what they have given you. But it'll be hard to do it if you keep receiving gifts from them. And they're worshiping these idols. They've made idols out of preachers. They've made idols out of, uh, of things. And we cannot, And God hates idols. Let me tell you what an idol is. An idol is anyone or anything that you put before God. That's an idol. It can be a car. It can be money, it can be a house, your children, material possessions, power, position. It can be a man or a woman. It can be anything. And let me tell you how you can judge it. Look back over your day, just today. Just look over this day and say, what did I spend most of my time doing? And that's where you'll find your idol. Whatever you put most of your time into. If you spent more time in the Word? Have you spent more time praying? Have you spent more time seeking the face of the Lord? Or have you spent more time gossiping? Or have you spent more time watching TV? You know, I'm going to tell you something. That television is messing up a whole lot of Christians. They can't break away from it. I'm not saying television in and of itself is sinful. I don't believe it is. But I believe if you allow it, it can become an obsession. It, it can be just like the cell phone. It can become an idol because you can't turn it off. You can't turn it off. Let me tell you, when I get in the Word, I cut my cell phone off because I don't want no distraction. I don't want no interruption. And I have learned over the years that whenever you start praying or whenever you get in the Word, that phone going to ring. The enemy's going to use it. Why? Because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to distract you. 
you got to use wisdom when you are praying and when you are studying the word, cut that cell phone and that TV off. Because it will distract you. Glory be to God. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Oh, God, thou will not despise. See, we have lost brokenness. There's no more brokenness. We don't even see brokenness on the altar no more. People are not broken over their sin, and therefore they don't confess them no more. They don't want to tell nobody. I don't want everybody all up in my business. You keep on doing what you're doing. And after a while, everybody's going to know your business. You're going to be on the six and a half o'clock news. You're going to end up where everybody knows your business. Ain't going to be no secret after, after a while. Because God is saying no more mixture. He's saying come out from among them. He's saying separate yourself. Sanctify yourself. Come apart unto the Lord. Glory be to God. You can't mix with the world. You can't. You can't mix Christianity with the world. It won't mix. It will not mix. Oh, they try to mix it. They have tried. They have done everything they could, but it won't mix. It's just like that oil and water I was telling you about. When it settles, when the dust settles, the oil is always going to be on the top, and the water is always going to be on the bottom. It will not mix. God has been so good to us. He has blessed us with more than we have ever had in our life, more than we asked for, more than we could even imagine. God blesses us and gives to his children, but it seems to me that the more God blesses us, the worse we get. And now we are so far from the Lord. We're so far from our God. He made this a great nation, but we have cast his name out as evil right here in this nation. God has blessed us with homes and families, and yet we have neglected to teach our children about the God of our salvation. We've forgotten God. And now so many people are serving these strange gods. They're serving uh, 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 jobs. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't work a job. I'm, I'm not preaching that. But I'm saying you ought to make time for God in your life. We've joined, we've joined in, in affinity with uh, unsaved people and, and, and their abominations. I was talking to somebody the other day, and um, it just broke my heart. I just broke down and cried because the lady has a son, and the little boy told me he's getting ready to go to Atlanta uh, next weekend, and um, he was asked to come by his cousin so that he could walk her down the aisle uh, as she marries a woman. Now, this little boy, 10 years old, so I asked him, did he know that that was wrong? And he said, no, he didn't know that it was wrong. So my husband and I, we both explained it to him from the Bible, 
what God says about that, uh, homosexuality, and we just told him that it's wrong. We didn't tell him to hate his cousin or none of that. We just told him that, according to the Bible, that homosexuality was wrong. So what happened is she bought him uh, some Yeezys. She spent $300 on him. She bought his cell phone. She just always buying this kid um, some stuff. And um, so now when she said, I'm getting ready to marry this woman, and she said, I want you to come and uh, walk me down the aisle, the child feels obligated to do so because look at all she's done for him. But I don't fault the child. And I know God would not hold this child responsible either. The mother, it's the parents who are allowing this child to go down there and become a partaker of this evil that's being done. So um, it, it was only so I, I sat down and I cried. And then the Lord said, say something to her about it. So I did. My husband and I. We invited her out to go and eat on Monday, and I told her, I said, you know, I understand you got to send your child um, to Atlanta to participate in this ungodly union. I said, do you think God would be pleased with that? I said, you, 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 you say you're a Christian. She said, no, but, and I, I knew right then when she said, but, that she had already transgressed the word of God because there can be no but behind the word of God. Whatever God said, you have to put a period right there. So she was mixing it. She said, but I have to support my cousin. I said, well, I didn't say you couldn't still love her, but you can't participate in what she's doing and you know it's wrong. And then to send your child down there, to be a part of that, they're trying to indoctrinate him into that lifestyle. And she said, no, he knows it's wrong. Then why are you sending him? You're the mama. Why are you sending your child to, to, to go down there and participate in that? But she said she knows it's wrong. So you know what? I came home and washed my hands. I said, well, God, I told her. I told her that it's wrong. She's raising that little boy in the church. He plays the drums for his church, and yet she's sending him to participate in an ungodly union. Do you see the mixture that I'm talking about? And several parents, I'm just going to go there right now, several parents that are listening to me, you got unsaved children. Some of them are gay. I don't have nothing against a person, whatever their lifestyle is, that's on them. I'm just going by what the Bible says. The Scripture says it is an abomination for two men to lie together or for two women to lie together. So I'm coming from the Word of God. And some of you have children who have called themselves, come out as gay. Now they say, I'm, 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 I'm living this life. And you are allowing that mess in your house. I'm not saying you're supposed to turn against your child. No, you need to pray even the more for your child. But now they bring in their lover, 
to your house, you are embracing this mess, and you are mixing. You are mixing. You call yourself a Christian, and you are mixing holiness with unholiness, righteousness with unrighteousness, because that's your child. You should always love your child and pray for that child, for that yoke to be destroyed, for that child to be delivered and set free. But you should not become a partaker of your child's sins. And we got so many Christian parents going to these weddings. How can you sit there and watch your daughter uh, make vows and kiss another woman? How can you sit there and watch two men call themselves husband and wife? How, as a Christian, can you be a partaker? You see, that's mixture. And God is saying, come out from among them. And be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. He said, then I will be a father to you. You're saying, but Lord, that's my son. But Lord, that's my daughter. You are not supposed to stop loving your child. And loving your child means telling your child the truth. Loving your child means fasting and praying for your child's deliverance. Loving your child means asking God to save that child. But you ought to tell that child, I will not be a partaker of your sins. This is what you have chosen to do with your life. And I am a born-again Christian. I love the Lord with all my heart. And you can't bring that here. You can't bring that here. You're always welcome at this house, but you can't bring that here. You got to leave that somewhere else. You can't bring it here. Don't ask me to participate. Don't ask me to come to the wedding. Don't ask me to do none of that because I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to sin against God. That's just like in the school system. I was an educator for 18 years until they started this mixture. They want the teachers to call Johnny Mary and want the teachers to call Mary Johnny. I said, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. And then they said, well, just use pronouns, uh, non-gender pronouns. They want you to call them they and we. Now, let me show you how absurd that is. How can I, and I was an English teacher, how can I as a teacher teach English correctly? And you got to teach nouns, pronouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs. You got to teach all of that. So how can I teach the children the pronouns, the proper pronouns, and then teach them to use we or they or us concerning a child who does not wish to be addressed by their biological gender? How can I do that? I said, I can't do that. I cannot do that. So you know what I did? I knew that if I stayed in the school system, my good record was going to be ruined because they'll fire you today about that foolishness. I just, you know what I did? I just quit. I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to call Johnny 
Susie, and I'm not going to call Susie Johnny, and I'm not going to call an individual we, they, or us. I'm not going to use improper pronouns. I'm not going to do it. And they are forcing teachers to do this, to go against their religious beliefs. I don't have religious beliefs. That would cause me to go against the Bible. I'm not going to go against the word of God. The scripture says, be not partakers of other men's sins. I'm not going to do it. So I knew I better leave this alone. I better let this go. After 18 years of teaching, I walked out because I said, I will not do it. I'm a conscientious objector because I believe the word of God. I'm not going to go against the word of God for a paycheck. I'm not going to do it. So the people that want to compromise, I'm going to tell you something. The days of mixture are over. God is going to judge you because the Bible says, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm free. I'm free because I refuse to do it. You see, idolatry, idolatry is one of the greatest sins that we can do today. We cannot have idols. I I cannot love my children more than I love God. It would grieve my spirit if one of my children told me that they were gay. I would let them know that I love you. I'm praying for your deliverance. But I will not participate. I will not participate in your mess. I'm not going to do it. And then I would begin fasting and praying for my child's salvation and deliverance. Because I believe that God is able. I believe it. I believe it. And you know what? I know it's true because there are countless people who were once homosexual that God has delivered and set them free. Can I tell you what homosexuality really is? It is identity theft. And it's a violent attack on who you are and who God made you to be. It's a violent, it's brutal. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's trying to pervert the image because God made man in his own image and likeness. You see, we're afraid to call out sin because we don't want to offend anybody. We're afraid to say what it really is. But let me tell you something. I'm not afraid, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I was praying for this little boy the other day, the Lord gave me a scripture. And he said, woe unto them that caused one of these little ones to stumble. He said, it would be better for that one if a millstone 
were hung around their necks and they were plunged into the sea than to offend one of these little ones. That little boy ain't but 10 years old, and they are trying to indoctrinate him into that unholy and ungodly lifestyle. They're trying to indoctrinate that child. That's what they're doing in the school system, indoctrinating children into that ungodly lifestyle. And I refuse. I refuse to be a part of it. So I quit. I said, I'm not going to do it. I will not. Glory be to God. And how many of you know that God takes care of his own? Where God guides, he provides. So God has provided income for me so that I would not have to depend on the school system. I, I, I don't have to depend on them. He has provided for me. Glory be to God in the land. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I thank God. You see, there's so much sin in our churches today. And while we turn a blinded eye, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid that we're going to offend people or people won't like us. And yet we offend the Lord daily. God's people are heavy laden with sin. The church is, oh, if you could, oh, my God, if you could see what they're doing in these churches. They got Freemasons in the churches as deacons. Most of the deacons in the churches are Freemasons. God showed me in a dream. I was at a particular church, and the service was going pretty good. And I had to use the bathroom, so I went downstairs in the basement where the, where the bathrooms were, and I saw these two men down there. And I spoke to them. I said, the service is good. The service is going good. And uh, they agreed with me. And then there was a window off to the side, and um, I saw some people in this room. It was a big window, and I saw these women off to the side. And I said, what are they doing in there? They said, oh, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So I went on and used the restroom and came out, and um these women were still in this room. They had white dresses on with blue sashes. So I was trying to see what was going on in there, and um, a little boy came downstairs. He came, I guess he had to use the bathroom too. He came downstairs, and he um, put his head through this window. He said, I want to buy a slice of cake. So I guess that was the kitchen. And so I stuck my head through the window, and I saw these women with white dresses, with blue sashes, marching around in that room, and they were chanting. And they were the daughters of Isis. They were these eastern stars, and they were in the basement of this church having a ceremony. They were conducting some type of ritual. 
down. Now, the people upstairs were having church, but down in the basement, they were down there doing these rituals and were chanting. And it reminded me of what the scripture said in Isaiah where he told the prophet to come and see what they were doing in this room. He told him to dig a hole and to come and see what they were doing. And and he did, and then he said, no, this is, this is in Ezekiel. And he said, uh, he dug a hole in the wall, and he saw what they were doing in this room. And then he said, come a little bit further, and I'm going to show you even greater abomination of what they are doing. And he went, and he looked in, in another part, and he saw that they were doing worse things. Elders were in there worshiping the sun and all kind of ungodliness. God showed it to me in a dream in a church right here in Winston-Salem. I saw the church. I know the church. And they were upstairs in the church praising the Lord. And in the basement, they were having an Eastern Stars ceremony and chanting rituals. While the service was going on upstairs, the Eastern Stars were in the basement having them a service. God let me see it. And guess what? This is going on today. Yeah, this type of stuff is going on. And God is to the body of Christ. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Put away the unclean things. There can be no more mixture. He's calling the church out. He's calling the true church out. He's calling the true believers out. Now, I'm going to tell you one last thing. You can stay ungodly churches, and you know there's sexual sin in there. You know deacon so-and-so is going with sister so-and-so, and they're not married to each other. You know the choir members are having sex. You know who's stealing the money. You know all of this. And you want to stay in that church because my grandfather was a member of this church. My grandmother and all my family have been raised in this church. I am calling you out tonight. And I'm warning you, if you don't come out from among them, if you stay in these places, follow rituals and the traditions of men and walk in this unholy way, God said he will let you stay there. But in the end, at the time of harvest, he's going to do the separating. He's going to separate the tares first. You see, judgment's going to begin at the house of God first. He will separate the tares first and bind them in bundles and burn them. We're talking about unquenchable fire. The fire will never go out. 
and the worm will never die. It will be eternal damnation, eternal torment. The Bible says there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. If you don't come out from among them and be ye separate and live a holy and sanctified and set-apart life for God. Don't follow mama them. Don't follow auntie them. You better come out from among them. If you are under the sound of my voice tonight, I encourage you to come out from among them. It's separation time. And God is saying, no more mixture. For those of you that are planning to go to that Beyonce concert for her new tour, I want to admonish you, don't go. I want to admonish you, don't go. If you are a Christian and you call yourself a child of God, do not go and see Beyonce on her new tour. If you do, you will be initiated into witchcraft, into her beehive. Yeah, you will be initiated into her beehive. And you will come under a spell and a curse will come upon you. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor. I'm coming to you live tonight from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. You can find us on the web at www.wallsoffiredeliveranceministry. Let me say that again. www.wallsoffiredeliveranceminn.com. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 1148. Walkertown, North Carolina, 27105-4123. If you have been blessed by tonight's message, please send an offering. Throw a seed into this ministry, and you can send it by PayPal or by Zelle by using J-E-T. 245 at msn.com. That's our email address. Call us. Call us. Call us at 336-830-0601. May God bless you. May God bless you. May God bless you. I want to close with this benediction from Hebrews. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing, in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. 
Amen. Good night. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor. God bless you. Signing out from Walls of Fire, Deliverance Ministry International. God bless you.